Would you be so reverent as to stand to your feet as we read these eight verses? We know that Psalm 121 is a song of degrees. The word degrees means ascension. It is a journey to a higher place. There are 15, starting with Psalm 120, look at the heading. There are 15 songs of degrees. There are pilgrims that would sing these psalms as they're coming into Jerusalem. Psalm 121's on my heart tonight. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Father, I'm be honest. I need your help. Lord, our church, we need your help. There are mothers in this building tonight that need your help. There are daddies, leaders of their family that need your help. Father, tonight there are those that's just had surgeries, those that's just had falls, those that's just had diagnosis of an illness. God, all around us tonight, God, help. Help us, Lord. We need your help. Show us tonight, God, a good token from the word of God. Show us tonight, God, a good measure by the Holy Ghost. Give us a word of encouragement by the help of your spirit. Well, there's that word again. By the help of your spirit, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Help is the cry of a mother with needy children to feed. Help is the cry of a daddy who has unpaid bills. And doesn't know what to do. Help is the cry of a student during exam time. I've heard it many times. Help is the cry of a home that's being divided or separating. Help is the cry of a patient who's just heard that doctor's report. Help should be the cry of a church that wants the divine presence of Almighty God. And friend, I don't care who you are tonight, sooner or later, you're going to need Help. There's not one of us that can go a lifetime without the help of God. I can't go a day. I can't go a minute. I can't go a second without the help of God. I'll never forget years ago, I was preaching at where my dad is pastoring at the Fletcher First Baptist Church in revival meeting. We'd had somebody saved every single night. He had said on that Friday night, he said, you know, if God does something unusual, we'll come back on Sunday night and we'll just go every night, night about well, that night we preached and finished preaching, and sure enough, somebody got saved. I sat down, and Dad said, that's not unusual. 
Somebody's been saved every night. Somebody testified. Somebody sang. Somebody testified. And this is what we heard. Are y'all ready? This is what we heard. Help! Was a cry that came from the balcony. The sound man had pitched over dead with a heart attack right at the end of that service. And the other sound men were screaming for help. There were first responders there. There were those that knew CPR well. They ran up the steps into the balcony. Uh, they were calling 911. I just moseyed myself, humbled myself down to the altar and began to pray and seek God's face. And there were others that began to join me. And I'll be honest, I have never heard a church pray like they did that night. And we're talking about a man that was saved. And if we're praying God keep him here, we're keeping him out of heaven. If we'd pray like that over somebody that's lost, oh man, the Holy Ghost would get after him. I've never heard such praying in all my life. I was down there praying beside the pulpit. I can't do nothing but cry. Down there praying beside the pulpit. I heard first responders up there trying to talk and Finally, one of them, I heard them, they was ripping Velcro and doing all this stuff. And they said, clear. And I heard them shock him. And they said nothing. Just a little bit, I heard them say, clear. And they shocked him again. And I heard his body, oh, groaning like that. And they said, we got a pulse. Let's load him up. Get him out of here. Well, I got up from the altar. Thank God. Got up from the altar and went out. And they was loading him. They had a tongue depressor on him. They, he ripped that tongue depressor out of his mouth and he grabbed me by the hand as he's loading him in the ambulance. He said, Preacher, is the revival going on Sunday night? I said, I don't know. That's a decision for dear old dad, but we'll see. I thought that was pretty unusual that God would send somebody back from the dead, bring them back to life in that service. I'm telling you, y'all, we need the help of God. When I look at this psalm tonight, I want to look at the First two verses very quickly. I want us three points and I'll be done. Number one, I want us to see tonight the direction of help. The psalmist says, I will lift up mine eyes under the hills from whence cometh my help. Now every one of us is going to face trials, troubles, tribulations. You're going to be surrounded by circumstances that dictate you're either going to be under siege or you're going to survive the psalmist, I believe, has under siege. I think he's crying out to God because he is in need of help. When he mentions lifting his eyes under the hills, he's not saying that the hills are going to help me. He's looking in a direction. He's looking up. He's looking high. He, he's looking for the one who made the mountains and the one who made the valleys, the one who made the rivers. He's looking unto his creator that he might get help. And he's looking even beyond those mountains to see the creator. He's thinking about one who can see what we can't see. He's thinking about one who is higher than the hills. He's thinking about one that, that uh, we know today, tonight, that we can't make it by ourselves. We need help from the Lord. And he's looking to the only one that can help him. You think about those mountains. Have you ever tried to hug a mountain? Just put your arms around a mountain and try to hug it. You'll never get it done. That's like hugging the grace of God and hugging the love of God and hugging the mercy of God. You could just never, ever get it accomplished. I begin to think, too, about that sunshine. It is 864,000 miles 
in diameter. It's under millions of pounds of pressure and it has burning 657 tons of hydrogen every second. And they think that it has enough energy to exist for thousands of years, maybe, yea, billions of years. I would remind you tonight that our God created that. He said, let there be light, and bling, the light came on, and he hung the sun and the stars and everything that is. Honey, I want to say to you tonight, he is big enough to help you. Verse 2 says, my help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and the earth. He is a very present help in the time of trouble. There's not one thing tonight, not one thing that you face or I face that he can't help us with. There's not one crisis he can't bring us through. Honey, he's over and Lord of all things. And the direction of our help is from above. Every good and perfect gift cometh from above. I don't know about you. You may be looking to Washington. You may be looking to Congress. You may be looking to the Supreme Court. You may be looking to a doctor. You may be looking uh, to some bank. But honey, as far as I'm concerned, my help comes from the Lord. That's who we need to be looking to. Amen? So number one, we see the direction. Number two, I want to talk about the duration of the help of the Lord. Now in verse number seven, my Bible says, the Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. What about that? Twice we see that word preserve in verse seven. Look at verse eight. It continues. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Three times he used the word preserved. How long, preacher Darren, will I sustain? How long will I receive? How long is the help of God available? What is the duration of God's help? I'm going to ask you a question before I give you an answer. Are you saved? For those of you tonight that are saved, here's how long his help is. Verse 8. From this time forth and even forevermore. He said it began when you came in. There is when I gave you help. Well, glory, hallelujah. His help is from now until all of eternity. And honey, you can't measure because eternity's never going to end. You may say, Preacher Darren, I'm not getting any help. Honey, his help is available. His help is there for you. You just need to ask him for it. You need to turn to him for it. That's what we need tonight. The duration, boy, that, that just blesses me. Preacher, how long am I going to get help? As long as eternity rolls from this, Lord of God, from this time forth forevermore. And what a duration for the help of Almighty God. Well, praise the Lord. I get a little excited. I can't help it. Number three, and I'll be done, but I want to anchor right here. What are the details of his help, Preacher Darren? What are the details? I find the details of his help in verses 3, 4, 5, and 6. Verse 3, what are the details? He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel 
shall neither slumber nor sleep. If I count it right, verse number five, the Lord is thy keeper. That word keep, there it is again, three times. It is a fixed position. I want you to write this down somewhere. There is a danger of stumbling. As a Christian, there is a danger that one day you might stumble. Maybe I'm talking to somebody tonight. It's a Sunday night. You, you stumbled. You're not in church anymore. You used to be in church. I look around this building. I see places where people have sat faithfully for years, but they're not here because of some things that are going on. There, if you're not careful, there will be a time of stumbling. On the path of life, we may slip, we may slide, and we may be shaken. It is at that point in time we need to look to the Lord. Because our Lord has never stumbled. He is pure. He is holy. He is our rock on which we stand. He's dependable. You can count on Him. He'll never fail. He's promised us He'll take care of us. He's promised us He'll provide for us. He's promised us He'll never leave us and He'll never forsake us. But the danger is that I could possibly stumble. I'm thinking about a, a, a deacon that served for years and years and years in a local church. And his daughter uh, grew up in the church and uh, made some poor decisions, some poor choices. And uh, the, the, the dad, because uh, he thought that the, the daughter's decisions, that, that, her, that her choices had brought a reproach on he as a deacon, he fell out of the church. And now he don't serve God at all. And I've witnessed to him. I've talked to him. Told him how much God loves him. Told him that there's nobody beyond the grace of God. He said, I'm a Christian and I know all that. But I just can't bring myself to go back with all the pressure that's on me. Do you see that something came into his life that caused him to stumble? Will you hear me? The devil will see to it, if he has the opportunity, that he will bring something into your life to cause you to stumble. But when you stumble, you must look to the Lord for help. He'll forgive you. Simon Peter denied the Lord three times, and the third time he, he swore, amen, and the Lord forgave him and restored him. I'm telling you, there will be times of stumbling in our lives. But I'm glad tonight that if we'll look to him, there'll not be a stumbling. Well, preacher, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to say this man will not look to the Lord. And he remains in that time of stumbling. I want to look at another one in verse number um, 4. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. May I say tonight, there's a second danger. Write this down. There's a danger of slumbering. You realize tonight, sometimes we sleepwalk through our Christian service. Sometimes we sleepwalk through maybe an 11 a.m. service or we sleepwalk as we go on about our Christian way. We just, it's as if the world has sung us a lullaby and we've gone to sleep 
spiritually speaking. Can you think of anybody who is slumbering their way through life that should be on fire for God? There should be excitement. It's still a thrill to serve Jesus. I'm telling you, they're going through a time of slumbering in their walk with the Lord. Begin to think about this. There's a lady. She, uh, she said years ago, she, she said, my sister and I sang for the Billy Sunday Crusades. What a blessing. That's great. Hallelujah. Billy Sunday, that, that, that former ball player that got saved and gave up playing ball and turned to be an evangelist and God gave him a ministry far and wide and she was singing with the Billy Sunday Crusades. But what are you doing now? He's out of church. Just going on what happened yesteryear and that's good enough. Out of church, don't go to church, don't talk about the Lord, don't care anything about it. I'm talking about slumbering. There are people that are slumbering their way through life. There are people that are slumbering their way through church. There are churches that are slumbering tonight. But my Bible says, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. I'll be the first person to admit, I get tired. I need rest. Sometimes I'm exhausted. Sometimes I'm so exhausted I can't hardly even pay attention to some things that are even in my life. It's so hard sometimes. But I'm glad that when I, upon the Mount of Transfiguration, they saw Elijah and Moses talk to Jesus about his decease. But if you read the scriptures closely, Peter, James, and John were asleep. When Jesus went into the garden of Gethsemane to pray, he said, sit ye here while I shall go yonder and pray. When he came back, they were asleep. So don't look at me tonight like, oh no, we would never slumber, preacher Darren. We would, I see y'all sleep when I preach sometimes. And you sit here and look at me like, Lord, we would never go to sleep. You sleep through the service. What must you be doing through your walk with Christ? At times, we do sleepwalk through it. But I'm glad if we would look to him through times when we're weary, when we're tired, when it's all we can do if we'd look to him. He says that he never sleeps. He never slumbers. He's always up. Praise God for it. Amen. If we'd look to him, he'll take care of us. In World War II, the Germans were bombing London all night, every night. And after one terrible attack, the people of London began to search through the rubble, looking for the dead, looking for the injured. And after a while, everyone that they were looking for was accounted for except one old granny. Her name was Mrs. Smith. They searched to and fro for her. And finally, someone found her in her bed asleep. They thought she was dead. She slept through a Nazi bombing raid. They were shocked. They asked her, they said, Mrs. Smith, how could you sleep with all those bombs dropping all around? Her answer, well, the Bible says, he who keeps Israel never slumbers or sleeps. And I decided tonight there's no use in both of us staying up worrying about this. I just laid down and went to sleep in the Lord's hands and he took care of me. Sometimes when you're up in the night, 
You got that nervous, anxiety, pressure, sweat, and worry, and oh, Lord, what are we going to do? You just need to look to the Lord and say, God, you're up all night. You take care of this for me. Will you help me to rest? And honey, he'll do it for you. I'll never forget one time, one of the old preachers here in our county, oh, he was one of the most dedicated servants of the Lord that Mitchell County, Yancey and Avery had ever seen. I went to the hospital. I was worried about some things going on here. I was worried about those in the hospital. And, man, I was run to and fro, and I got there, and he just looked. He walked over to me. He had a cup of coffee, and he was swirling it like this. He looked at me. He said, son, let me tell you what you need to do because you look troubled to death. I said, I am preacher. He said, what you need to do, son, is you need to go home and take you a baby aspirin. You need to get you a cup of coffee, drink it real good, and lay down, turn this over to Jesus, and take you a good nap because there ain't one thing you can do about it anyway. Was the best advice I probably ever had. When I look at this psalm, I see number one, there is uh, the, the direction of our help. I see number two, there is the duration of our help. I see number three, the details of our help. There is a danger of, of, of us slumbering. There is a danger of us stumbling. There's one more. Look with me in verse number five. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. Well, preacher Darren, I'm not worried about the moon smiting me. There's a lot of people who used to be worried about the moon smiting them. Some people is just worried to death about when nighttime comes, amen, and the fever goes up and the pressure's mount and the body begins to, I'm just telling you, y'all, nighttime can be a wearisome time, amen. But the Lord said the sun's not going to smite you by day and the moon's not going to smite you by night. So thirdly, there is a danger of suffering. Have you ever been there? Maybe tonight there's someone that's, Suffering, Preacher Darren, I'm not, I'm not stumbling. Preacher Darren, I'm not slumbering. But Preacher Darren, tonight I believe there may be some suffering. Now, I want to read the first time the word smite is in the Bible because I believe that the first time a word is mentioned in Scripture, you'll be able to pull a uh, definition from that verse. And it's found in Genesis 8, 21. And I want to read it. It's a long verse, but I want to read it in its entirety tonight. Genesis 8, 21. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor. And the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite anymore everything living as I have done. So the word smite, what does it mean? It means to uh, be stricken it means to be destroyed the Lord said that he would not destroy every living thing what about that so it means to destroy I begin to think about how vulnerable we are you know you're vulnerable you're 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 really you're fragile and the enemy is aware of your weak spots and he's going to try to attack you there but God said I'm going to protect you from your enemies I'm going to protect you from the elements I'm going, to over, I'm going to overrule. May I say this tonight? 
There may be areas in your life that you think is this, this is my strength, preacher dear. My prayer life is my strength. My, 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 my faith is my strength. I don't know what you think your strength is tonight, but an unprotected strength is a weakness. And your strength at best has to be protected by the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, if you remember when our nation was attacked on 9-11, it was attacked at the Twin Towers because America has often thought that their financial ability was their strength. And this nation was quickly humbled down and saw what the enemy could do. I'm thinking right now about a preacher who he had some trouble that came to his family. He had some trouble that came to him physically. He had cancer. He had other sicknesses. He's, he's now, he's become now under physical attack. Now he's under spiritual attack. He, he got so low, he could hardly even read the scripture. He got so low, he, he went into depression. He, he could not even get up to preach to his people. And listen to what I'm going to tell you. Another preacher called him, tried to encourage him, he said, man, I can't study. I can't, man, I'm so low. You don't know where I'm at. He said, here's what I'm going to do, preacher. He said, I'm going to study and I'm going to send you my outline and I want you to go to your church and preach it because it's from the Lord. And the preacher said, you want me to what? He said, it's from the Lord. God told me to do this. So we sent him the outlines and every outline was in 1 Peter and it was on suffering. And week after week, he would stand up there and preach that easy outline on suffering and why God allows these things into our life. And over a period of about six or seven weeks, that depression left him, and he got victory from studying in the Word of God and preaching an outline for weeks and weeks and weeks that somebody else sent him. And they came to him and said, Preacher, what was it? He said, I'm going to be honest with you. He said, I was like an eagle molting. You know what that means? The eagle gets into a place where he molts. He, he will take his beak and he will beat and beat and beat and beat so much with his beak on a rock or a tree or something that his beak falls off. He will, he will get into such the rest. He will take his talons and scratch and scratch and scratch and scratch and scratch till his talons come off. He's molting. His feathers, all of them, Completely fall out. Preacher, how will he survive? I'll tell, tell you what happens. The other eagles notice he's man down. And they fly over and they bring him fresh meat so he can sustain his strength. And over a period of time, his beak comes back, his talons come back, and he's refreshed with his feathers coming back. And he begins to fly the majesty of the skies one more time. And it's what his brothers and sisters gave to him that caused him to get through it. And that preacher said, I was like a molten eagle. I lost my ability to speak. I lost my ability to scratch. He said, but praise God, another preacher came by and was just dropping me fresh meat. And it was just enough to keep me going and sustain me. And the devil better look out now because I've got my feathers back. I've got my courage back, my face back in the Lord. And I've come through a battle here. My help is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you with me? Dr. Ralph Sexton, senior, 
right after World War II, wanted to go to the Holy Land, and they booked a ship to take them from New York Harbor into Europe. And he got in Europe, and they took a train to Greece. And they got to Greece, and they took one of them uh, trans steamers uh, to go to Israel. And on board that steamer was a bunch of Jews right after World War II that had never seen Israel before in their lives. And they were taking that trip along with the preacher Sexton and some others. They were on that trip. And man, the preacher said, I was downstairs in my cabin. And he said, I heard a lot of excitement above. And I looked out my window and it was just a kind of a foggy, dreary, rainy, misty type of a day. Thought, what are they excited about up above? He said, so I went out of my cabin and went up there. And he said, man, them Jews were jumping and they were dancing. They were so excited. And he said, what on earth? And they said, look, look. And he said, I looked. And he said, I couldn't see from where I was standing to the end of the boat because of the fog. He said, I looked out this way. I looked this way. I looked behind us. And all I saw was fog. He said, what? All I see is fog. They said, no, you must look higher. Look higher. And he said, I lifted my eyes, and above that fog, I saw the top of Mount Carmel. And he said, I realized what they were all excited about. I want to say this to you tonight. You've got a problem. Man, you're just so discouraged about it. I was going to preach on Bethlehem. I, I was going to preach on the Christmas story. And God said, help. Somebody needing help. You know what you need to do tonight? You need to look. Preacher, I have looked. All I see is fog. All I see is problems. All I see is a diagnosis. All I see is pain. All I see is suffering. You need to look higher. You got your Bible still open? Look in verse number one again. You see, I told you about a deacon whose wife got in trouble and he's still stumbling. I told you about a lady that sang for the Billy Sunday crusades and she's still slumbering and I told you about a preacher who went through all this depression and he came through it and you know what the difference was he lifted his eyes the psalmist says I will I will he was determined bound and determined I will lift my eyes I, my help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth I'm going to lift my eyes I'm going to look to him when Dr. Sexton Sr. died, he said two things. Higher, higher. You know what he was doing? He was looking as he was leaving for the Lord. And he said, I was going to keep looking higher than death and higher than pain and higher than suffering. And honey, then he went on home, amen. I would tell you tonight what the Lord told me. You need to look higher. You need to lift your eyes a little higher to see beyond this veil of tears and see the one who can help you tonight, amen. Quit looking at the diagnosis. Quit listening to what they've got to say and start looking to the Lord. You stand to your feet. Seth, you come. Preacher Darren, what's the best way for me to look higher? It's for you to get lower. <laughs> and the lower you get, the higher you'll look. 
I'm asking tonight, is there somebody say, boy, preacher there, and I need to look higher. I see bills that are unpaid. I, I see financial crisis. I see uh, worrisome details that are going on in my life. And I, preacher, what am I going to do? You need to look higher. <laughs> oh, your help, it comes from the Lord. Help us tonight, Father. Help us, God. Our Father and our God, we thank you for your precious word and for its encouragement in the middle of our distress and the middle of our crisis and the middle of our trouble. Sometimes we think it'll never get better. What on earth will we do? Lord, I'm finding out what to do. Look higher. <laughs> Lift mine eyes to you. Look to you with a look of faith. <laughs> Help us tonight, God. Lord, there may be some brother or sister tonight. They're molting. Their talons have fallen off. Their, their beak is cracked and weary, Lord. Their feathers of glory and majesty have just faded away. And Lord, tonight their heads are down. Help us, God, as a brother or sister in Christ to come by and drop them some fresh meat. To give them some encouragement. To pray for them and tell them, keep lifting your eyes. Keep searching that Bible. Keep looking to the Lord. God, I'm talking to somebody tonight, God, who's in depression. God, they're so defeated with it. Oh, God, would you help them, God, to get victory over this? Help them, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.